y'all. This is What Fresh Insight, a show that looks at the big questions from new, unexpected angles. Who are we? What is really going on? And how do we bring good into this mundane, sublime, spiritual, and sometimes silly world of ours? I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. Lately, I have been dealing with a lot in my life. And to cope, I have not turned to alcohol or carbs, but rather to my favorite thing of all, reading. And specifically, I have been reading about writing fiction. So lots of books about how to write novels, how to write scenes, how to write interesting characters. I'm just devouring this type of book. Not because I write fiction. I haven't written fiction in years, but that's the heart wants what the heart wants. I have encountered a really interesting pattern in how these teachers talk about developing a character. And what they uniformly say is that interesting characters change through the course of a story. Not just the main character, but basically all the characters change through a story. You might not see all those changes in the minor characters, but they all change. Now, I think I had known that a protagonist changes, that a main character will change over the course of a story, at least in most types of stories. But I didn't realize that part of what makes a really good story so good is that the minor characters, the lesser characters, the secondary characters, that they are also changing. This difference is uh, is what separates stories where the minor characters kind of feel like a cardboard cutout, a cartoon, a, a stereotype of, oh, this is what the detective is like, this is what the villain is like, but rather, um, you know, 3D characters, they change over the course of the narrative, and that's part of why they're so interesting. Well, what does that have to do with real life, though? Well, about 10 years ago, this really interesting research study came out, and it's about a phenomenon that the researchers call the end of history illusion, the end of history illusion. And what these researchers found is that people think that they are finished changing as people, even though in the last 10 years they say, oh, well, yes, I've changed in the last 10 years. And this holds true no matter the age of the person. So, you know, say a 30-year-old looks back at their 20-year-old self and say, yes, I've changed. And not just like in a superficial way, but like in core beliefs and values, yes, I've changed. But that 30-year-old doesn't think that they're going to change when they're 40, except then you interview the 40-year-olds and they're like, yeah, of course I'm different. I've changed since I was 30. They don't expect to be different when they're 50. And this goes on and on. Like you can ask 80-year-olds, are you different than you were when you were 70? And they're like, yeah, yeah, my beliefs and values. Like I, I am a different person than 10 years ago. So this happens. This end of history illusion happens across uh, the ages and stages of life where we think, ah, yes, now I have arrived. Now I am fully formed. The changes in the past, but I'm not changing into the future. Now, I uh, when, when I was looking this up, I was like, okay, when did this actual study come out? Because I distinctly remember six months into dating my now husband, uh, and I, I checked it, it was six months later, that an NPR article on this research came out. And I read this article and I showed it to my then boyfriend. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And it uh, affected quite a significant change in our relationship, this realization, where we realized, oh, we are going to change, change in our deep core beliefs and values, change is inevitable. So let's change together. So 10 years later, at this point, we aren't saying, oh, you're a different person than the person I married, than the person I I first fell in love with. Instead, we're saying, oh, yes, we have changed together. So going back to all this uh, instruction on writing fiction that I'm currently reading. 
the other part that is so interesting to me is not just that these fictional characters change, but that in the best fiction, in the most robust and th three-dimensional uh, fiction, these characters change because of their desires, their internal desires. So yes, there are the external events that, that uh, prompt the start of the story. Yes, there is the murder. Yes, there is the earthquake. Yes, there is the, you know, the Death Star blows up, you know, what, whatever the thing is, there is this big external event, but these external events, they may be a catalyst to change, but they are not um, driving the change. In fact, what drives the change in a character is that own character's desire for themselves. So what does that have to do with us in real life? Well, if we're thinking about change, deep-seated value-laden change as an inevitable part of our life, that we will change, that we are constantly changing, that we are constantly moving into the new of our life. Well, the best kind of change, as in fiction, here in real life, the best kind of change is the change that is motivated by our own desires. So in the case of my then boyfriend, now husband, and, and myself, the change is the desire to change together, that we are not just changing independently um, in our orbits that sometimes intersect, but rather we are making that intentional choice to, ch to grow, to change, to move with momentum into the future because of our desires, because of our desire to do that. And when we think about our change over the course of our life and, and the change in our values, when we think, oh, I want to change because I want to be more loving, because I want to be more spiritual, because I want, I want to grow in kindness and empathy and curiosity and generosity, well, those types of desires to be that kind of a person can then motivate our change into the future. And of course, we will change. So how can we motivate that change in the direction we want to go? And now for our read of the week, Punch Me Up to the Gods by Brian Broom. Isn't that an amazing title? Punch Me Up to the Gods. It's a memoir. Uh, Brian Broom grew up in poverty in an abusive family. He grew up as a, as a gay person, and he grew up as a very dark-skinned black person. He experienced a lot of shame because of these factors in his life. And this memoir is about him coming to terms with his childhood and coming to terms with himself and learning to not be ashamed of himself, but rather to love himself for who he is. It is funny, it's vulnerable, it's beautiful, and it is really a human book. Brian Broom is also a poet, and he brings that uh, poet's sensibility to his memoir. Last but not least, a delight to end our episode. Uh, we had a lot of snow in St. Louis last week, and now it's melting, and we are hearing one of the most beautiful sounds in the world. It is the sound of melting snow, that drip, 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 coming off the house. It is, of course, we're in February. It's not really spring, but it's the sound of spring. It's the sound of new life. It's the sound of daffodils coming up, and I just love it. Thanks for listening to this episode of What Fresh Insight. I'm Sarah Bariza, and you can find me online at sarah-bariza.com, B-E-R-E-Z-A, and I'm also on Instagram. I'll see you next week. <laughs>